Here's what's coming up on today's show. This will continue in 23, 24, 25. Right. Don't know what's going to happen in 26, but I'd say everybody has a three-year window to get money out at low rates. This is the Retire Happy Podcast with John Amarino, fiduciary financial advisor at Securus Financial in the San Diego area and Thomas O'Connell, President of International Financial Advisory Group, Inc. in Rockaway, New Jersey. Together, they'll be keeping retirement happy from coast to coast. Welcome back to another episode of the Retire Happy Podcast. I'm your host on the West Coast, John Iamarino, and I am joined by my esteemed co-host on the East Coast, Mr. Tom O'Connell. Tommy, how you doing? Hey, John, good to, good to be back with you. Hope everything's going well. Uh, I see that your son had another great pitching outing this past weekend, so good for him. Yep, yep. Got called up to older age level, and he took down one of the top teams in the county. So awesome. we're happy. Good. Well, folks, it's a new year. And uh, there's already new changes to our uh, tax laws when it comes to retirees. And just a few years ago, we passed or the Congress passed the SECURE Act. And now we have SECURE Act 2.0. So on today's very important podcast, we are having probably our most famous guest of all time. He's the most famous or best rated PBS uh, special of all time. He is America's IRA expert. And if I may say, the co-host of my new favorite podcast, Mr. Ed Slot. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ed Slot, America's IRA expert. Great to be here. Where's the drums and the orchestra? That's all you got? That's all we got. That's all. Just a simple, uh, you know, bing, bing, bing. And the I'm waiting for that Elvis. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> what we have to learn how to do is how you and uh, Jeff Levine do the coin flip. Yeah, you know, on we, your guys. We keep a coin here. You know, it's an interesting debate uh, idea because many times we're debating something we totally don't believe in. We we flip a coin which side. But the point is that the only winner of that debate is the listener or the viewer. So yeah. they can get both sides of every issue. And that's really important when people are confused about, should I do a raw? Should I have life insurance? Should I do it? anything, retirement and tax planning? You know, there's two sides to every issue. Right. No, yeah. That's, and, that's and, really and, great stuff. I mean, like you said, it, it just it gives everybody a different perspective than I think uh, what they will typically or normally hear from either their advisors or on TV or in a magazine or whatever, uh, I, between the two of you, and plus you guys have no, been together for so long, known each other right. for such a long time that you have a great rapport. And, and that comes out as well. So I, mean, I also know all his arguments. As <laughs> you taught him. <laughs> yeah. So that but is. You know what else it, is interesting? A lot of times when he gives advice, he gives it from his perspective, which is interesting being, say, 30 years younger than me. And I give it from my perspective where people closer to retirement may you know, have a different point of view on that at that age. Right. Which is important because retirement planning or financial planning in all is a very individualized, you know, specific field. So right. the great retirement debate, it is it is a phenomenal show with, you know, obviously two of the heavyweight experts when it comes to financial planning, Ed Slot and Jeffrey Levine. So we're gonna definitely recommend link, that. Yeah, we're going to put the link for that uh, in our show notes on our new Retire Happy po uh, podcast website. That is right. That is an excellent plug, Tommy. It is up and running, Shameless. folks. Shameless. The, <laughs> as, as the football players would say, the retirehappypodcast.com. Oh, you All right. the Ohio State like that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. whatever. Why do they do that? Some guys just say Ohio State, the Ohio State. Yeah, I don't. I didn't know there was a second Ohio State. You no, sometimes know. they forget the the. You know, yeah. apparently <laughs> you can't even be on the team without that. <laughs> well, folks, uh, Secure Act 2.0 is upon us. The Secure Act 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> the Secure Act 2.0. Thank you, Ed. <laughs> We're gonna have that like on your little intro. That will be that will be your uh, like when they're doing the player announcements. But this just passed. 
uh, at the the beginning of the year, end of last year, and we've already had a, a couple of uh, mistakes because Congress wrote it. So um, <laughs> that doesn't come without surprise. But Ed, let's talk about some of the biggest things that retirees need to know. And let's start off with required minimum distributions. All right. Here's the thing with Secure 2.0, I got to take you back to original Secure. Now I'm told by the younger people, which I'm not, that the way you refer, if you really want to be hip to original Secure, you call it Secure OG. OG. (laughs) All right. Secure, I think that stands for original gangster or something. You know, it means the original. Yeah. So secure OG, does that make this whole program with Tom O'Connell much more hip now? Does Tom <laughs> it get does. Like more hits because he's OG? And it's taken me back to my uh, time as a sergeant in the gang unit when I used to be a police officer. So I heard that term a lot. So, All right. So yeah. uh, secure the original. OG, the original was effective in 2020. And that had major changes that took away, uh, in case you're you know, listening or watching, uh, It took away one of the things we relied on in planning for decades, the stretch IRA, the ability for beneficiaries named on a beneficiary form like your kids or grandkids could go out 20, 30, 50, 60, 80 years, depending on their age, and keep that deferral growing. What a legacy. Well, Congress said, we don't like that. I guess they don't have kids or grandkids. I don't know what it is. Uh, Or like them. (laughs) <laughs> or don't like them. Yeah. Is that what you said, Tom? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> All right. So they said, that's enough of them. We have other money we can give them anyway. <laughs> uh, they said, enough of that. We're going to take those tax benefits away and replace it with a 10-year rule. So no more stretch and replace it basically with a 10-year rule for most beneficiaries. In other words, and this is really important, they put an end date on when this money, all of it, must come out and be taxed by the end of 10 years after death. So if you're watching this, it may not affect you for your own IRA, but if you look long-term, and that's how you should do planning, how much tax you will pay will be increased the shorter the window gets when everything has to come out because you're pushing more income through a shorter window. So now... We have, so that was Secure, the Secure Act. That was a big deal. Secure 2.0 came out. And hey, I, Ed, hey, Ed yeah. really quick, before we go on to 2.0, because there's been a lot of confusion with the way Congress wrote that 10-year rule. Is it, and just for clarification with the audience, do you have to take an RMD every year like you used to for the 10 years, or does the balance just have to be zeroed out at the end of 10 years? Both. How do you like that? It depends. Uh, (laughs) All right. I wasn't going to go there, but now you forced me to go back there. So now I got to take it back down memory lane. So we had the Secure Act. And we believe, I believe, most commentators and experts believe that, all right, the Secure Act, not the worst thing in the world. You know, uh, so there's no stretch IRA. And Tom, you may agree with me on this one. We've talked about the stretch IRA for 30 years. Yep. Do you know that many, say, 30 or 40-year-olds that just took a couple of percent every year for 30 or 40 years? Nope. No, most times I saw something that I would call a smash and grab. Uh, <laughs> that's a Jersey thing. Ask Tom about that. I was going to say drive-by, but okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, the kids weren't waiting for 40 years. They had that money spent on the way to the funeral before the body was cold. Most of them just grabbed it. But in theory, we talked about what you could do. So when I saw the 10-year rule, I said to myself, all right, no stretch IRA, But now you have 10 years, and most people thought you didn't have to do anything within the 10 years, which gave you a lot of freedom. It just has to be emptied by the end of the 10th year. And then I was hearing comments uh, from the same beneficiaries that could have stretched for 50 years saying, oh, that's not bad. Maybe I will stretch for 10 years. (laughs) 50 years, no way. (laughs) 10 years, maybe I'll do that. All right. So we thought, all right, that makes planning easier once there's death. They do whatever they want, as long as it's emptied by the end of the 10th year after death. Not so fast, IRS said. In February, now this law was in effect, the SECURE, the OG SECURE was in effect since 2020, all right? 
in 2022, IRS came up with the regulations and they said, you know, Congress really didn't write this law clearly and we don't know what they mean, but we don't see any indication that it really is a straight 10 year rule. We think the old rule, which they never got rid of, that's their opinion. And it's it's the rules now because they wrote it up in the regulations that this old at least as rapidly rule. Forget that I even said that, but an old rule, they said, no, we think you may have, beneficiaries may have RMDs, required minimum distribution, years one through nine of the 10-year rule. Nobody thought that. IRS said, well, based on this old rule that we didn't get a clear indication from Congress that that rule was out, so we say it's still in, it's like a, a water faucet. Under that rule, once somebody started, say, reached age, well, now 72, 73 now, once they reached the age where they had to begin taking RMDs, required minimum distributions, once the faucet was open, it can never be stopped. That's basically the rule. So once the IRA owner started taking distributions. Once they died, the, the IRS is saying the beneficiary must continue. It, there can't be a break. Once the faucet is open, it can't be turned off. So they're saying, okay, people who inherited uh, subject to the 10-year rule now have RMDs to take for years one through nine. Nobody thought that. That made this much more complicated. And it really uh, threw a monkey wrench into this thing because some beneficiaries, remember, IRS only came up with this in 2022. That means some beneficiaries already missed a 21 required minimum distribution. And the penalty on that is a 50, 50 50% penalty on not taking that RMD. So then in October, 2022, IRS had a, uh, a release relief for that because they realized the mess that was going on. And they said, all right, for you beneficiaries, not everybody, just you guys that are uh, under the 10-year rule, but have to take RMDs for years one through nine, which I think is most beneficiaries. Wouldn't you think, Tom, most IRA yeah. owners die after they're 72 or 73? You know, right. the average life expectancy is 80, 85, something like that. So it was most beneficiaries. So IRS said, all right, all right, forget. We're not going to change the rule. But if you didn't take 21 or 22, we won't hit you. We'll waive the 50% penalty, which in essence means you don't even have to take those RMDs. So now we hit 2023 and beneficiaries say, now what do I do? Well, you go back on the schedule. Don't I have to make up those two? No. What about the 10-year rule? Is uh do I start now? No. The 10-year rule still is the same 10 years. Effectively, you're starting in year three of the 10 years. It got very complicated because of IRS's interpretation. Now, Secure 2.0 was enacted right at the end of 22, December 29th. And I believe, I look back at a bunch of tax laws, it's the latest a tax law was ever enacted where it became effective January 1st, the next year, uh, a lot of parts were, you know, that gave you what, three days, even the Secure Act, people complained, it was signed into law December 20th, they only gave us, you know, uh, 12 days, well, this is December 29th, 29th Secure Act came out, so now we have this situation with RMDs, uh, that now they changed the date, so beneficiaries still have this rule, because insecure 2.0, Let's go the other way. What's not in Secure 2.0? Now, Secure 2.0 is over 350 pages. Congress had every opportunity to address this, fix it, but they chose not to. So my feeling is when IRS issues final regs, that's the green light to keep these arcane rules. So we think beneficiaries are going to be stuck with these rules, and they will be subject to an RMD penalty if they don't take them. But and now another little sneaky thing that came out of uh, Secure 2.0, the 50% penalty I've been telling you about, Congress lowered that. Now, that sounds good on its face, but stay with me. Uh, stayed, uh, lowered the 50% penalty to only 25% and then to 10% if you made up the missed RMD in two years. Here's my problem with that. That sounds good, but... Almost nobody ever paid the 50% penalty because it was so harsh. 
IRS waived it in almost every case where anybody filed for relief for any reason. The dog ate my homework, anything. They waived that 50% penalty. Now that it's only 10%, I wonder how generous they might be. You know, what I'm saying is I'd rather pay 50% of nothing than 10% of something. Right. And what the message to everybody watching now is you better make sure that you're taking your RMDs because it may be more likely that you'll be penalized 10%, even if and you make it the up. relief And not get the relief that you were talking about. I mean, the relief supposedly is still there. You could still file and request a waiver. But I don't know how generous or liberal IRS will be as they were in the past when it was a draconian 50%. They waived it in almost every case. In fact, in all my years of practice, I never saw a client of mine ever got, uh, get hit with that. Uh, it happened to my own mother and we got a waiver. Uh, right. There's a funny story. My own mother, uh, she had, a, you know, I don't do investments. As you know, Tom, I'm a tax advisor. She had her own local advisor here in town. And he called me early in January. And I don't know what he had for uh, what he did over Christmas. But I, I think he was working up the strength to call me, the IRA guy, to tell me he forgot to take an RMD for my own mother. But he worked up the courage to call me in January. He says, I don't know how, it, you know, your mother got older. He, he took a distribution, but not the right amount. That's what it was. <laughs> he said something like, you know, she's older now. She has to take more. Yeah, I said, I know how that works. Uh, <laughs> people get older or the alternative, which wasn't the case. So I said, don't worry about it. I know how to handle it. I think he wishes he told me that a week earlier so he could have enjoyed Christmas. I said, here's what we're going to do. We'll figure out what she missed. We'll take that as a separate makeup distribution, not to mix it up with her current year one. And we'll take them separately so we can trace and file the 5329. That's a tax form for a waiver. And they gave her a waiver. They gave everybody a waiver. I said she was in her 90s and got bad advice. That's about it. Waive the penalty. They waived it on everybody. By filing Form 5329, which I believe you can still do even for the 10%, I just wonder, because we don't know yet, it's too new, how many people will get those waivers compared to almost everybody that got it before? Right. My, I think my skeptical nature, going back to something else you said, um, was Congress probably didn't intend, my guess is they did not intend for people to have to take those required minimum distributions. But once they saw the IRS finding a new revenue system for yeah. them by doing it, they probably were not inclined to make that change in 2.0 because it was free money that they didn't expect. That's my skeptical analysis of Congress. Wait, which change are you talking about? The penalty that I'm talking about? No, no. Uh, about uh, people uh, in uh, OG. Oh, the years Iraq. one through nine, because right. Because like I said, I think most people do, die, I don't know, you know, uh, actuarially, in actuarily, I was going to, you know, make a Jersey joke about you. Uh, actuaries <laughs> can tell you, you know, how many people die at a certain age. In Jersey, they can give you their names. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so there's, you know, actuarially speaking, most people, would you agree, die after they start yeah. taking RMD? So you would think, I don't know what the percentage is. 80% of beneficiaries probably subject to years one through nine. And that's a revenue source. And maybe Con I agree with you. Maybe Congress figured that in on the revenue side. Right. After the fact. Right. 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 So, so that uh, was not fixed. So right. you have to be very careful. You know, most people that are subject to RMDs, the IRA owners, people in 401ks, are pretty careful. They have advisors that guide them and all that. But I wonder who's advising the beneficiaries that have these RMDs. Uh, I've, I've gotten a couple of cases already just this year of people who missed those RMDs last year. And they said, well, my my advisor never told me or, or my uh, you know mutual fund company will we'll talk. I won't name names. But you know, the mutual fund company said I didn't have to do anything with that. No, I'm sorry. That's not quite the case. But, Ed, you, you know, your famous Ed Slot IRA advisor newsletter is having its 25th anniversary. This That's year. right. I couldn't believe it myself. I saw Ryan put that on the cover and it hit me. I remember saying to him, you know, I think because I started this in 98 when the Roth IRA came out. 
an advisor for a, a newsletter, eight page newsletter, as you know, for financial advisors, professional advisors. And when I started it, people asked me, Ed, how are you going to write eight pages a month just on how to take money out of an IRA? And here we are, 25 years, and you should see what gets left on the cutting room floor. We overwrite that thing. We can't, yeah. we can't get it all in. And I've been I've been a member of your group. Uh, I'm in your second graduating class. Yeah, the Elite IRA Advisor Group. Right. So one of the big things that uh, that you talk about in the in the newsletter, as well as the information that your staff is uh, providing us, the uh, Elite Advisors, is the term you're using a lot is Rothification. It seems like this 2.0 has really been a, a benefit to people who contemplate or want to use the Roth side of retirement planning. What would you say to that? I changed my word to Rothamania. You'll see it in the <laughs> newsletter. I didn't want people to get mixed up with Roth Rothification because that was a thing about five or six years ago. If you remember, Congress had this brilliant idea. We're going to make everybody in plan. We're going to do away with 401ks. You know, that went over like a lead balloon. So it never happened and make everybody go to the Roth. Why did they do that? Why did Congress want to do that? Because anybody who makes a contribution to their 401k through work gets a tax deduction, not on your tax return, but off your wages. You might not even see it. For example, if you make $50,000 a year and put $5,000 into your 401k, you only pay tax on $45,000, the net. That's what's on your W-2. If you make 50000 a year and put it in a Roth 401k, you pay tax on the full 50. But the benefit is the Roth grows tax free. So the government always liked this idea. You know, secretly, they love Roth IRAs because it brings in money and people like it. People like me. I love that. I don't think people should ever be forced to do it. But now they've gone, they they got away from Rothification because they realized that was not popular to take everybody's 401ks away because it sounded bad. Even when I say it, it sounds bad, right? Right. Uh, but uh, they went Roth crazy. That's why I called it Rothamania. And let me show you something. Uh, I don't know if you can see it here. I have it this whole file with the actual tax bill. They're not even hiding it. I got this tabbed in the law. I don't know if you could see this. Can you see that that giant title? Yeah. What does it say? Simple and set. No, the big title, the big oh, revenue, revenue provisions. provisions. Revenue provisions in giant letters. You know, when I see giant letters, you know what I call them? Because I'm old. Men walk on moon letters, if you know what I mean. That was the high, the largest font the New York Times ever used in 1969. Men, I still have that paper. Men walk on moon. This is bigger than that font. <laughs> uh, revenue provisions. This is where so Congress isn't even hiding it. You know, you look for the uh, the little words there, Tom. I'm talking about big, big, big right. revenue provisions. They're not even hiding it. That's where you see all the Roth provisions. And as you said, the first one, uh, SEP and simple Roth IRAs. Matching contributions can go to Roth 401ks. Catch-up contributions can go to Roth 401ks. 529, so Roth IRAs. It's Rothamania because it brings in revenue. Now, lucky for us, Congress, uh, they're the worst financial planners on earth because they're so short-sighted. So why not take advantage of that? They want to push more people to Ross and take away deduction? Good. Right. I don't want the deduction when tax rates are low. It's not worth as much. I'd rather pile on into the Roth, and this gives you the opportunity. So everybody's happy with this. Congress thinks they're bringing in all this revenue, which they will. That's why they have it in the revenue provisions. This is what they're using to pay for everything else. They discovered this years ago, Tom. You've been around a long time. Uh, you remember in 2010, before 2010, you when the Roth first came out in 98, you couldn't even convert if your income exceeded right. $100,000. Remember yep. that? Yeah. In 2010, they eliminated that. And that was the first time Congress saw the flood of revenue that came in from people like me and everybody else that couldn't convert to a Roth because of income. And I told everybody in every seminar, and you were at my seminars, take that deal. That was the deal of the century. And I always ask audiences, even advisors, I said, I converted everything in 2010. And then I asked, Anybody know how much tax I paid in 2010? 
And they would say, well, don't we need to know your rates? I said, no. How much tax did I pay in 2010? Zero. And they're all looking. Wait a minute. You converted for free? That was the deal then. It was the deal of the century. The deal was you didn't pay any tax in 2010. You could pay half in 2011 and half in 2012. In effect, the government gave you an interest-free loan to build a tax-free savings account. It was unheard of. Right. People like me, uh, other people, you probably know lots of people, the floodgates opened. And that was the first time Congress said, holy moly, we opened the doors on this Roth IRA. We balanced the budget. They didn't really, but a lot of money came in. And over the years, they've been expanding Roth with Roth 401ks, uh, more companies having them. So this is uh, really going on a continuation of this trend that Congress wants more money in Roth. Now, the reason I say they're lousy financial planners, because if everybody did this, nobody would ever be paying taxes in 10 years, let's say. Uh, right. But Congress doesn't care about that. They only go in 10-year budget cycles. So they have the advantage of only worrying about what do they get now. But what you get is the opportunity in many more ways to build tax-free savings in Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks, and that's critically important while rates are low now because the deduction is not worth as much at low rates. Where you want to be in retirement is having your money grow tax-free when I believe at some point when the math kicks into this Congress, uh, rates are going to have to go up if the math ever kicks in. Maybe it won't. We already know that they are in 2026 when the Trump Tax Act provisions sunset. So we already know uh, if they do nothing, which you're famous for saying they're really good at doing nothing. Well, you know, if nothing, I don't happens, think so. There, I, it's so politically unpopular because somebody will have to vote for raising. They'll, they'll say we're raising taxes, mm -hmm. which in effect they are. They're taking away the tax cuts from right. Tax Cuts and right. Jobs Act. So I don't think so. So, but I don't know. Right now, you have this three-year window of unprecedented opportunity, 2023, 24, 25, where right. we know rates are rock bottom, historically low. And in 2023, from 2022 to 23, we've been given a great tax benefit. It's called inflation. Most people think inflation's bad. Now, when it comes to tax rates, they've expanded the brackets. The expansion from 22 to 23 is the largest expansion in history. More income can pass through these low rates than ever before. This will continue in 23, 24, 25. Right. We don't know what's going to happen in 26, but I'd say everybody has a three-year window to get money out at low rates. Agreed. You know, and, and Ed, your famous is your famous line is saying, you know, we're moving money from tax forever. Forever tax to never, to never tax. tax. My classic line in every consumer's uh, program. And they love that. We want to move your money from forever tax to never tax. And I see the people, yeah, I want that never tax. <laughs> right. So another powerful thing, and it's kind of segue into the convoluted different age brackets of the RMD, right? What yeah. doesn't have an RMD is a Roth. But let's talk about that money that is still forever taxed and is subject to RMDs. What's with the new ages? Oh, the new ages. Okay. Uh, now you need, uh, you know, one of these calculus to take, uh, uh, you know, figure out which age. It sounds simple, but whenever you change, remember, it's, it affects older people. I shouldn't say older people. I'm like around there already. Uh, you ever notice that time you talk about like the same things you talked about for 30 years? You said these old guys. I was talking about that at a seminar. I had these old guys. Wait a minute. They're younger than me. Exactly. Yeah. You ever have that? Like you slip yeah. and say old guys and they're younger than you. I love this, Ed, because this just we just had our last podcast with Mark DiOrio and we constantly talked about Tom being the old guy in the room. So this just hammers yeah, you're home saving the point. Me in this one, Ed. <laughs> yeah, so it can causes confusion. Uh, the Secure Act, the OG Secure Act, got rid of one of the biggest problems in the tax code, the half year. That was the best change in the Secure Act. Getting rid of the half, that confused so many people. Am I 70? Am I 71? When is my birthday? Which age do I use? Which table do I? They were so confused. They couldn't even figure when they turned 70 and a half. They got rid of that. That was great. and made it 72. Now they're going to 73 this year in 23. And then they brag about in Secure 2.0, we're going up to age 75. Yeah, 
in 10 years. Who cares about that now? Uh, you know, again, budgeting, that's why it's 10 years. In 2033, it's 75. But again, what they're doing is shortening the window. I don't know if people should wait till 73, even if you can. If you have low rates, you may want to take pre-RMDs. I just made that up. But here's what I mean. The M in required minimum distribution stands for minimum. It does not stand for maximum. You can take more even before you have to. If you wait till you're 73, then it's out of your control. You want to control your tax rates. You want to control your tax brackets. Then you're on the government plan. That's another thing I say in all my seminars. You want your plan, not the government plan. You want control. Well, you can only have control when you're not forced into a certain amount. So people in their 60s, you might say, why should I take early? Why would I pay tax before I have to? If I can get it out at low rates, seeing what's on the horizon and get it into Roth IRAs or, or cash value life insurance, anything tax-free is a hedge against what the uncertainty of future higher tax rates might do to your standard of living in retirement. That's a big deal. You can make plans to do that now. And what you get, you get your money out while rates are low. You're getting taxes are on sale. Everybody likes a sale. Matter of fact, you know, uh, I'll, t I'll tell you a little story. I tell it every seminar. Uh, it has nothing to do with uh, retirement. It's a husband and wife thing. All right. What does it mean when your wife comes home and says, you're not going to believe how much money I made you today? And the, usually people in the audience say, I said, how did she make me all this money? And they said, oh, she got something on sale. And I have to explain the logic. Here's the logic. If the thing in the store costs $1,000 and my wife gets it for 100 somehow I made $900. <laughs> all right. If you're still with me on this logic, that if she does this 100 times a day, I'm a millionaire every day with all the money she made me. But here's the thing. That thing in the store sorry to say, you don't actually have to buy it. With the taxes, you do. So as long as it's not an if, but a when, you have to pay those taxes. Then as long as you have to pay them, get them on sale, which is right now, that's the sale you should be going for with your IRA, getting it to a Roth, going into life insurance, build tax-free vehicles to protect yourself against what I believe at some point will be future higher rates. At the worst possible time when the paychecks stop and then you're worried. Who wants to know that they're going to lose 50% of every dollar when they don't have uh, employment or wages coming in anymore? Right. And, and we talk about, you know, um, you know, retired couples going into the single bracket when one of them passes right. away. And people don't people don't think like that. Right. So they don't realize that that tax bracket is brutal. And they lose one social security benefit. You know, you're down to one standard deduction, which is which isn't really a lot in today's day and age. So again, you know, don't forget about Medicare. Your Irma goes up. Right. right. I call right. it the and, widow penalty, the widow's penalty. But uh, people, again, a, a lot of times are short sighted like Congress. They don't want to pay a tax up front before it's time. For example, uh, there was a woman at one of my seminars uh, that she heard me talk about the Roth and the, I always talk about the long-term benefits, what you'll get to keep when you're going to need it most. That's when you want everything tax-free. Right. And she says, I get that. But I'm, I mentioned the, uh, med you mentioned the Medicare. She said, so I'm on Medicare. I pay these IRMA charges, the uh, income related monthly adjustment amount for parts B and D, which are based on income and they can go up pretty high. She said, so based on what you're saying, if I do a Roth conversion, won't my income go up for that year of the Roth? I said, yes. She, so couldn't that trigger these IRMA charges? I said, absolutely. She said, well, then if that happened, that would make me angry. So I said to her, All right, if that would make you angry, then do the conversion anyway, because I'd rather have you be angry for one year than be angry for the rest of your life. Because if you don't do it, and your IRA continues to grow. Once you're on the government plan, when RMDs kick in, you're going to have that problem every year with your RMDs pushing up your IRMA charges. So you have to take the long view. Don't be short-sighted. You talked about the RMDs. You have, you know, another year in, in taking money out, you know, in your 60s, spending down that minimum. 
One good thing that the Secure Act 2.0 didn't do was raise the age for qualified charitable distribution. Right, so right. Those charitably talking about spending it down. I'm talking moving it from one pocket to another, taking it out. I mean, if you need it to spend it, that's a whole different story. Then you should take it out. But I'm talking about people who don't need it, but are holding off waiting for their RMD age. I'm saying take it out now, convert it to a Roth and let it keep growing for you for the rest of your life. Tax free. We never have RMDs. So, and the QCD is a great thing. Now, this is an interesting provision, qualified charitable distributions. One thing, uh, the SECURE Act, as I said, changed the age 70 and a half RMD to 72, but it left the QCD age at 70 and a half. SECURE 2.0 raised it to 73 and then later to 75, but it left the QCD age at 70 and a half. So more people can qualify even before their RMDs begin. What's so good about QCDs? What are they? Qualified charitable distributions. Right now, most people, they probably still don't realize it, most people get absolutely no tax benefit from the gifts they give to charity. They still make the same gifts, for, but when they do their taxes, they don't get any tax benefit because according to IRS's own numbers, over 90% now take the standard deduction and even more now because the same inflation factors raised the standard deduction. And people who qualify for QCDs by being 70 and a half, oh, here's a good confidence building question. If you're over 70 and a half, are you also over 65? Take a minute. <laughs> All right. My so, guess is yes. <laughs> yeah, because uh, 70 and a half is the QCD age, that means you're also over 65 and people 65 are over get an extra standard deduction. So it's even less likely they will be itemizing unless they have some huge deductions, which means they won't get any tax benefit for the gifts they made. By using the QCD, it's a direct transfer from your IRA to a charity. And just to be clear, I'm not saying I never say to do charitable, make gifts for tax reasons. It's got to be because you want to make the gift. If that was the case, if you just did it to save taxes and give all your money away and you'll never have to pay tax. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the gifting you're already doing because you're inclined, you like to give to the church, the alma mater, the organization, whatever. Do it a different way. If you qualify for QCDs, do the transfer from your IRA to the charity and you'll get better than a tax deduction and exclusion from income, which lowers the key number on your tax return, AGI, adjusted gross income. That's the number that determines what benefits, credits, deductions, taxation of social security, uh, Medicare, uh, IRMA charges, all of those things. Now, the only negative for QCDs is that not enough people qualify. The only people who qualify are IRA owners and IRA beneficiaries who are 70 and a half years old or older. So the Secure or the Secure 2.0 did not change that age. Only people 70 and a half years old or older. And you must be 70 and a half. If you're 70 and a half tomorrow, you don't qualify today. So you must be 70 and a half. So what's the downside? People under 70 and a half can't take advantage. People in 401ks can't take advantage. And if you do qualify and you're subject to RMDs, let's say you're well into your 70s, if you do the QCD, you may not even have to take your RMD uh, because it can satisfy that without increasing your income. So it's a great provision. That's the way people should give. And your IRA money? If you're making gifts, that's the best money to give to charity because it's loaded with taxes. Let them have it. They don't pay taxes. Right. Now, there are some other um, exceptions that were noted in the in 2.0. Do you think that these exceptions are, are going to be beneficial, helpful? Which exceptions? The QCDs? Oh, uh, well, the, the like the getting money for uh, federally declared. Oh, okay. Yeah, this illness. was another... Big part of the Secure 2.0, uh, being able to get money out. It used to be it was a big thing if they ever added an exception. What Tom's talking about there 
is an exception to a 10% penalty for taking your money out of an IRA or plan early, usually before 59 and a half years old. I never liked that penalty. I thought it was harsh. I understand the reason for it because they gave you a tax break, a deduction, and the deal was you'd hold, hold it till retirement. And if you took it out early, they dinged you for 10%. But a lot of people took it out because they needed the money. You know, it just doesn't seem right. Uh, all you're doing is hurting yourself if you're taking your retirement out. Uh, that's your, that's the penalty, taking your retirement out early. I never liked the 10% penalty. It's very harsh, I believe, to people who need the money the most. As a general rule, the last place you want to take money from in a financial emergency is your retirement account. It's the most expensive money with the tax and possibly a penalty. Plus, it's the hardest to replace. Once you've taken it, it's very hard to build back up again. And what are you going to have for retirement? But that said, if you're in dire circumstance, you have no other money, there are ways to get money out of your IRA. You still pay tax, by the way, but at least you can avoid the 10% penalty. So they added six new exceptions. That's unheard of. One for domestic, you know, the, this is Congress loves doing things that sound good. Domestic right. abuse, who would be against that? Terminal illness. Oh, I'm against terminal illness. No, nobody's against terminal, you know, uh, natural disasters. Nobody, you know, these things are not even debatable. That's why the original secure uh, bill passed the House 414 to 5. Talk about bipartisan. I wonder who the five people that were anti-retirement. But for, you know, so these are totally non-controversial, non-partisan. Uh, so they have all these other exceptions uh, for long-term care, for financial emergency, for emergency Roth accounts. So they And they're all at different effective dates and different amounts. For example, one of them for natural disasters, federally declared natu uh, natural disasters, you can take up to $22,000 out. No, uh, no, you have to pay the tax still, but it could be uh, spread over three years, but you don't pay a penalty. And if things turn around, you could return it. Kind of like the breaks they gave people during COVID, those coronavirus related distribution, same rules. But again, you're taking out of your IRA. What's good about this provision, every time there was a fire, a flood, a hurricane, they had to create new legislation each time. So, you know, like on an ad hoc basis as it happened. And, uh, you know, that really wasn't a good system, especially for people like you and me, Tom, uh, which Hurricane Sandy, due to po politics, right. got no relief. Right. Exactly. Every time, you know, like Alabama asked for relief, they, the congressman, you know, I remember even the Republican congressman from here in Long Island said, what about us? You said Sandy was no big deal, just a little water. Uh -huh. <laughs> remember that? Absolutely. So you don't have to do that now. It's one overall exception, assuming the president and whoever's president will almost always declare an area, cost him nothing uh, or her nothing, you know, uh, to declare it. And now this benefit is across the board. So you don't say, well, I had a specific one and, you know, do I qualify? But unlike the other disaster relief that they did, like I said, ad hoc, they used to give you a hundred thousand limit. This is only twenty two thousand. And they, and they used to allow you to put it back in as and well. And they do allow it on this and, one. And this too. one, right. And what's interesting about this one, this is one of the only provisions, I believe, in the whole SECURE Act that's effective retroactively back to January 21. So if there was something along the way where you didn't get relief, you might maybe you took money out in 21 or 22 because you needed it for something that they didn't make a law for. As long as it was a federally declared disaster area, you don't have to pay the 10% penalty. You could get that back maybe. So now you, you know. would just have to refile, right? If you, yeah, you'd have to amend and say, uh, I'm sure they're going to have some guidance on how to do that. But this was an interesting provision. The effective date was back to 126.21. Wow. There's different Great. effective dates for different ones too. The long-term care, you know, certain things are not effective till 26. Certain other things are not effective. In fact, Tom, as you know, in our elite group, we created a chart for you because it got so complicated with all the effective dates. I keep it here in front of me as a, a guide sheet. You know, they made a big deal about the savers match. I don't even want to talk about that. Uh, but I saw it in papers as soon as Secure 2.0, a savers match. God, you know, for low-income people, government's going to put money. Yeah, in 2027. Ask me about it then. Right.
I actually, those charts that you're referencing, I, every year I print those out, I laminate them and I carry them with me everywhere I go. Well, this was a special one we put out with the effective dates because they were all over the place. Right. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I have your newsletter in front of me, right? The yeah. domestic abuse one is 24, financial emergencies is 24, qualified long-term care, 20, 25. So like you said, it's all over the board. No consistency. And that must be in the uh, budgeting mix or something. Because what other reason could there be? It's kind of like well, they say tax laws is like watching sausages being made. It must be in that mix. There has to be a reason. It has to be revenue driven. Right. And you know what? Secretly, these things create more revenue. They almost encourage people to people take, take money out early. They won't yeah. have the penalty, but they're getting the tax up front from people who shouldn't be taking the money and need it. Yeah. Speaking of effective dates in 2024, I want to wrap up the show with this last area. And we've, we've talked about RMDs. We've talked about you know the 10-year window from the SECURE Act. Let's talk about uh, effective 2024, the, the changes SECURE Act 2.0 did for surviving spouses. Well, that that is a little confusing to really get into the weeds on. But the IRAs, the surviving spouse, you know, without... I'd have to go through the whole thing, but uh, the surviving spouse can be treated as the employee. So they get to use a different table, the uniform table, as if they were the IRA owner. And that I would never do anything without speaking to an advisor like Tom that's well versed on this, or at least he will be at the next elite meeting, <laughs> because that's one of the most confusing provisions in the code. It was available for uh, IRAs. I think they just wanted to make it available for uh, company plans. Uh, so uh, you know, they're trying to find ways. It's so odd. They're trying to find ways in Secure 2.0 to open up the floodgates to let people put more money into retirement accounts as long as they're kind of Roth related so nobody gets a tax benefit. But I'm OK with that. I'd like to see more people encouraged to go Roth. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, speaking of floodgates, that was a floodgate of information you know, over the last 50 That's minutes. That's just and, the tip of the iceberg. Wait yeah. till Tom comes. And I do want to mention, you know, Tom must mention his membership in Ed Slot's elite IRA advisor group. It, this has nothing to do with investments. These are advisors like Tom, and he's probably been with us. I'd say next year's, oh, this year's our 19th year. He's probably been with us 19, 19. or 18. Yeah, but, you know, he might have come in the second meeting or something. Yeah. Uh, these are advisors, only about 500 around the country that invest in their education. I'm not talking about going to a seminar here and there or taking one of these online BS courses. And now I have 14 letters after my name. Not like that stuff. This is ongoing education. Plus, he has access to me and my team of experts if some issue comes up with his clients. These are the most highly educated in these tax rules. Remember, when it comes to your IRA and 401k, it's not how much you make, it's how much you can keep that counts after taxes. And most people, most financial advice, they can help you make money. But when you talk about how, you know, how do I do this tax plan? It's like kryptonite to them. Oh, don't show me that. Let's get it away. I don't want to know. Too complicated. But Tom, as, and, uh, as you know, as uh, our other advisors, has committed for you know, almost 20 years already to studying uh, tax workshops. But it's ongoing training. Uh, most advisors are not anywhere near that level. And that's why I created the Elite Advisor Group, because I saw there was a void. Most advisors may have helped people make money, but with this, it's all about taxes. And they would punt on that. They wouldn't know what to do. So uh, speaking of uh, punting, are you uh, Philly or not? I know you're in Jersey. I know. So who are you for? Well, uh, all the Jersey teams are out. So I'm not for anybody anymore. Now for the uh, okay. now for the devil. All right, non-committal. <laughs> I just thought I know a lot of Jersey people cross over to Philly, you know, especially when they're winning. Uh, uh, yuck, no. <laughs> I won't even listen, I won't even cross over to Queens for baseball. <laughs> no, not for the Mets. I'll I'm tell a you I crossed over. Uh, I'll tell you another interesting thing about Tom. He's a big mountain climber and he, uh, we talk about our elite group. He has posted our elite group flag at the top of Mount Everest. That's how much he believes in education. <laughs> the prize pupil, Thomas yeah. O'Connell. <laughs> yeah, he is. That's true. And other mountains. I don't know the other one. Kilimanjaro? Yeah. 
Yep. Well, I always use Tom's uh, hiking or uh, mountain climbing experiences uh, as part of my accumulation, decumulation talk. Yeah, that's important. It's easy. You know, I don't know how easy it is to get up, but most people, I just saw a picture, by the way, Tom, I don't know if this is still true, of the line to go up to Mount Everest. Yep. Where do they think they're getting? Free hotels? Like, (laughs) the line, I'm surprised they don't die on the way up. I, they, it might be the free Starbucks or something. I'm not sure. There may be a Starbucks <laughs> up there. That may be what it is. Uh, iced coffee. I right. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, they get to the top and they think, okay, I did it. And uh, it's still true, right? Most people die on the way down. Over 80%. They don't have an exit yep. strategy. Exactly. So that's what you're trained in. I want people to know uh, at some point you go in it. If you have built up a, a sizable retirement account, 401k, IRA, they're tax deferred. You're going to need somebody that has access to this kind of knowledge because you may only get one chance to get this right, especially with the confusion and complexity of these new rules. And a lot of these penalties and taxes are unforgiving in the tax code. You may only get one chance to get it right. So this is your chance. I'm happy to be on with you. I'm so glad you've been with us for so many years. And you, you even came to Jersey, did a program with me uh, yeah. a few years back. Oh, so yeah. We'll be, we'll be doing that again. I mean, as bad as it is, I still go to Jersey for you. <laughs> well, well I appreciate that because not too many people are coming into the state. Most of them, all of them are leaving. <laughs> well, Ed, we want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. And for all our listeners, uh, you know, Ed has got multiple books out there that you can find. You can find them on irahelp.com. He's hosted the Retire Safe and Secure with Ed Slot on KPBS. And he does have the new podcast out with Jeffrey Levine, The Great Retirement Debate. Ed, we thank you for coming on. And uh, we're going to probably have to have Tommy invite you on again in the future because oh, yeah, it's we always got a welcome. Plenty more to say. That's for sure. <laughs> Ed never runs out of something to say. That's for sure. <laughs> no. Well, thank you, Ed. Thanks, and, Ed. And, and All folks, right. Take care. And folks, that wraps up another episode of the Retire Happy Podcast. We hope you enjoyed uh, today's guest, Ed Slot, and we look forward to helping you navigate retirement and retire happy. Take care. It's easy to get in touch with John and Thomas. If you're more on the West Coast, give John a call at 858-935-6210. That's 858-935-6210 or go online to gosecurus.com. That's gosecurus.com. If you're more of an East Coaster, then call Thomas, 973-394-0623. That's 973-394-0623. And online at internationalfinancial.com. That's internationalfinancial.com. And you can, of course, always just check the description or the show notes section of today's show for all that contact information. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting apps, and we'll see you next time on the Retire Happy Podcast. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM, Securus Financial, and International Financial Advisory Group are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by John Iamarino, Thomas O'Connell, and guests on this show are their own and are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subjects covered.